night. All those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you want to make your way to the front, all those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, not, not yet kindergarten, if you make your way to the back, uh, to where your teacher is, give a little time. Uh, I, I know we have some visitors today. This is us. This is us. We love having our kids in with us in, in our worship and uh, to have them set and, and just be able to sing and do this part. But we are not going to torture them by having them in here while I'm speaking, okay? So uh, uh, they're, they're going to have good, good lessons uh, where they're going. This group's going downstairs and the other group's going down to the, the hallway where our, our young kids are. Uh, directly after service, uh, you'll be able to, to go and pick them up uh, when we're all done. I, I'd like to in, introduce you this morning to, to a special guest, special to many of us who are here, uh, who've been here for some time. This is Megan Smith. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can give her applause. And I was just going to have Megan preach this morning. <laughs> I, said, I, I, I did jot a couple of notes. Did you? Needed, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now, and the, the outline's here. I can, yeah. I can do it. <laughs> like you'd be able to follow that. Uh, <laughs> Megan has that capability, by the way. She, she is very knowledgeable. Matter of fact, here's how we, we came to know Megan Smith. Uh, she was an MCC student, Manhattan Christian College. And I can't even, what year did you graduate from MCC? I was trying to think. That. 2006. 2006. So that was some time ago. In the time while she was an MCC student, she came, she came and, and uh, well, along with a couple other her friends, and, and they, they didn't just attend. Uh, those three girls became a part of, of this congregation. They were involved in, in our, our youth, and they were involved in a lot of other ways. Megan became a part of us. You know, she, she's identified with, she actually grew up in Wichita, correct? Mm -hmm. Went to my high school, believe it or not. Can I tell you a difference? I went to East High School. She went to East High Magna School. It wasn't of Magna School. It wasn't Magna School? Sorry. We did the same thing? Well, we were in the same building, at least. We were in the same building. Not the same year, okay? <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. I put a lot of cracks there, and she got to see all the repairs. But anyway, uh, well, let me see. Where were we? Uh, Sorry. To go on. And no, no. In, in, the, in the past 10 years... Megan has been doing something very special, and, and so first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Megan tell you what, what she was doing for 10 years not in America. Go um, ahead. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the, the last 10 years, I've been working in Ethiopia uh, as a, uh, sent by Wycliffe Bible Translators to work with local translators there, helping them as they translate scripture into their own languages for the first time. Uh, there's about 7,000 languages in the world, and about 85 of those are in Ethiopia. Only about 12 of them have a full Bible so far, so there's a lot of, of work to be done, um, a lot that's in progress right now. So all that's right, the right. super and short version. The, the two people groups specifically you worked with, Suri and? Uh, Suri and Bench and Shaco, actually, oh, were three, the three, three, the three okay. main that I was with. Okay. Yeah. So. In those, those 10 years, what was, what was maybe one of the, the highlights or the yeah. most exciting things that happened? All right, yeah. Uh, one of the most exciting for me was um, doing a, checking the draft of, of Acts 10 for the Surrey team. We'd been going through Acts and they, um, because none of the translators have uh, training in Greek, uh, that was one of my roles, was to help check their draft against uh, the Greek to make sure that things were consistent. Look, 
make sure nothing was missing or added or unclear. Um, and when we got to, to chapter 10 of Acts, um, there's, there's a lot a lot of stories I could tell just from that one chapter, but, but one for now. Uh, in verse 34, I think it is, um, Peter has come to Cornelius' house, and uh, we saw God making the arrangements for that all to happen and preparing Peter for, um, for that time. And so Peter's entering a, a Gentile house uh, for the first time, and he says, you know, God has shown me that he's not a, uh, I think in King James it says respecter of persons, and in IV it says he does not show favoritism. The, the Greek term is more like he's not a face taker. He's not someone who treats someone based on their ethnicity or race or color uh, or physical appearances, um, and that, but that um, his, his grace is for everyone. And so I was trying to check that, that term, and I was trying to, to think of how to, how to ask that, I thought, okay, here in Ethiopia, I'm much lighter skinned than most people in the country, and the Suri are much darker skinned than most people in the country. And so um, I said, okay, so here I'm, I'm treated differently because of my skin. Sometimes I'm treated better, and sometimes I'm treated worse. Uh, and they said, yeah, for us, it's, it's always worse. Um, you know, we go to the next town over, and we're the last ones served in the restaurant. Uh, we're, we ride the public transport here, and people call us slaves. Um, yeah, we, we get that. Uh, and I said, this, this is saying God is not like that. Um, he, yeah, his, his love and his care for, for everyone uh, is, is the same. So that's one I think that will yeah, stick with neat. me forever. Yeah, yeah very cool. And so, it turns out they did have the right term already. So that was nice. Oh, wow, so it was them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man, their identity. All right, yeah. all right. Now, now I know that uh, this has been some time. You've, you've visited over and over in the past several years yeah, when you were there and, and, and gave us updates and, and so uh, but but one of the things uh, you know I, I know reasons came home was because mm -hmm. of a virus that hit and so so we're not going back correct right okay yeah so so that that just that wasn't your choice that was just because of health reasons mm -hmm. okay um, and so what's in store for Megan now especially many of us who've known you and the new folks would like to know what what's sure. what what you will be doing now. Yeah, yeah. So with my uh, health issues, it looked like it just wasn't sustainable for me to stay in Ethiopia anymore. I wasn't able to um, to have the energy to do the work um, that I had gone there to do. So uh, I'm uh, and stress and overexertion are two of the things that that trigger my symptoms. And life there was more of both of those for me. Uh, but I'm hopeful that by returning to the States, I'll, I'll gain some more strength and have the capacity again for more work. Uh, so I'll be working in Dallas, um, still with Wycliffe Bible Translators, uh, working in um, translation resources development. So there's a lot of, um, like I said, there's a lot of work happening around the world right now uh, with a lot of different contexts. Uh, and many translators, um, well, everyone has some knowledge gaps, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. like when you're preparing your sermons, you often consult commentaries and maybe Bible dictionaries, things like that. Um, and those are those are written for an audience like you. Um, you're you're a strong English reader. Uh, this is the context that you're preparing for uh, all of that. Uh, but the translators are working in different contexts, and many of them don't have as strong of English. Uh, they're they're working in different cultures uh, that have different um, different all prior understanding and different knowledge gaps. And so part of my role will be to, to kind of bridge that 
um, gap between biblical academia and the needs of, of translators on the ground. All right. um, All right. Very so. good, very good. Our passage, as Eric brought up, is Ephesians 2, verse 10. Okay. And, and the uh, uh, key, key passage for me, especially thinking about poetry in motion, is we are God's workmanship. Mm -hmm. And that poetry is, is whatever God does, wherever he lands his hand. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us, uh, how do you see God prepared, or how has God prepared you for what you've been doing? Yeah, I think um, along the way, I, it's kind of hard to see sometimes what, what God's doing, but looking back, uh, I can see some of the ways he, he prepared me for this work. Um, just from, from early on, you know, love of math and problem solving and puzzles, and, uh, and then also, the, and language, but um, that one I wouldn't have identified yeah. early on um, because I, I didn't like English class. Um, I didn't like you know, learning foreign languages for the most part. I, I was learning Spanish in high school partly because we had to and because it seemed useful. And then I had a really good teacher, so that all helped. Yeah. Um, but, but looking back, I was like, no, I, I loved uh, you know, children's stories with a good cadence or a well-crafted song, uh, things like that, and seeing like, oh, language was always a part of it too. Oh, um, and then also, with, um, I started going to church when I was about three and learning about God and Jesus and sin and forgiveness and I was like this is a really good deal and you know everyone should know about this so missions was kind of always a possibility for me and then as I grew and reading his word and seeing the the value of that um, yeah and then um, at MCC Manhattan Christian College I I took a Greek class for fun <laughs> um, I my you know tuition you know, 12 to 18 hours is all the same rate. So I was like, why not take 18, you know? And uh, Greg Delort was teaching it. I don't, some of you may remember Greg. Um, and he had a friend who was working in Bible translation tell stories as it related to our class. And it caught my attention. I realized my picture of Bible translation was really off, that I'd pictured old guys in brown robes and caves writing all day long by candlelight. And it's not so much like that anymore. We do have power outages sometimes, but the rest is, yeah. Um, and that really began the... Um, the part where I was looking seriously yeah. at whether that might be the fit for me with oh. Bible translation. So. Man. Thank you for coming. Actually, Megan's going to be with us throughout this week. Mm -hmm. uh, senior lunch, and I know on, on Tuesday, she's going to be here next. Uh, well, did I say Thursday? Thursday? Well, it's on Thursday. Okay. And then next Sunday, she'll be here as well for, mm -hmm. for maybe a Sunday school class. Uh, she's going to be th here throughout the week. If you, you'd like to sit down with her, maybe do lunch with her, uh, you, do, is your schedule full? Or uh, you it's got it's some flexible. Places? There's some it's flexible. we can talk, yeah. So if anybody wants to get better acquainted with Megan, this is a great week to do it. We'd love for you to, to get, get acquainted with her. So let's pray with her and, and pray for her where she is right now. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you. Your workmanship in, in Megan has been beautiful for uh, the people over in Ethiopia. Lord, the fact that they now have in their own language the scriptures to be able to read and, and to uh, learn and, and just, Father, to be affected by uh, such a Savior as Jesus and for them to see it for themselves. Lord, I praise you for Megan her faithfulness to you. And we pray, Lord, for the days ahead as she continues to serve you continues her work in translation and, and to, to continue to strengthen and be a part of your kingdom. We thank you so much, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate it. All right. All right. I want you to, to turn to First Peter 
chapter 2, uh, this, this idea, of course, of, of continuing to think about we are God's workmanship, it really comes out in verse 9 as I read it. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning verse 9. Matter of fact, I've said this before or read this before. It is our identity. Ready? Uh, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in, on the day he visits us. You, you heard the, the identifying marks of anyone who's in Jesus, right? In verse 9, that, that really is special. No wonder it comes up so often is because uh, it is something very significant. Calling us a royal priesthood or a, a holy nation. A people belonging to God. Uh, in, in that verse, it, it goes ahead and, and, and uh, uh, begins with those praises. But it, it, it says that, that it leads us into a praise to the one who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That reminded me of, of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Peter, who is writing this letter. Peter was obviously present there at the Sermon on the Mount and, and heard Jesus talking about, you are the light of the world. You, you are the, a light of, the light of the world. Uh, in verse 14, or excuse me, verse 16, it comes along and says, Jesus says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The identity of a disciple of Jesus is light. We, 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 we shine, we have the opportunity to shine on his behalf, to make him, not, not just for the purpose of, wow, that's great, and we shine, we're all shiny, but it is to call and direct everyone's attention to him. It is to direct our attention, or to direct people's attention, those who are lost, to direct their attention to the God who has created all things. Scripture says, that, that, again, that we are his handiwork. And as God's handiwork, we now shine on behalf of God. So how, how do we do that? I, I believe Peter lays out some very specifics of how we are able to shine before him. Uh, first one is this, and Peter says it directly. Each of the lines I had this morning is directly from what uh, we have in the Scripture. So the first one is in verse 9 that says that we declare God's praises. We declare God's praises. Verse 9, as it goes through all these identifying marks, why? So that, uh, so that you may declare the praises of him who called us out of the darkness into this wonderful light. Uh, so that we may declare praises before him. I mean, we've been already doing that. Uh, matter of fact, isn't it true that if we completely understand what, what God has done, then, then praises is going to happen? Praise is going to be the result. I mean, you came this morning. It has to be one of the underlying reasons. Has to be because of praise. It is for the sake of giving praise to God. And and Eric's done a great job of of leading us into the praise this morning. Thinking about the songs we sang. I mean, not to us, 
but to your name be the glory. We started with that. Uh, some of the others, glory to God forever. Uh, uh, going into great are you, Lord. And then, then we ended with how, how great thou art. Every single song was that of, of glorifying, directing uh, th- our attention before God. We do that every Sunday. It's, it's praises to him, right? It, it's why we're here. But, but it's also something that a believer who has those identifying marks on a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that we do every day. Hopefully you're taking that time every day, just even if it's a moment to say, God, man, I praise you for another day. Uh, Lord, you are deserving of my praise in every moment. You know, however you express it. Even if you were to open the psalm and read one of those praises before him, it, is, it, is, it goes before him as, as praise. It's, it's one of the things that we could do. I mean, we're created for this reason so that we can praise him. But, but it, it goes more, matter of fact, in, in verse, verses 11 and 12, it goes as, it, 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 I, I believe Peter is directing that it's not, just not something that we do in praise or in singing and, and in prayer, but it's in the believer's conduct. It's how we live our lives. Praise comes in, in how we live. And, and again, verses 11 and 12 just identify that. He begins in verse 11 by saying, abstain from sinful desires. Abstain. I mean, stop it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know uh, uh, suppress those things that cause us to turn to sinfulness. Listen, Peter says, and, and matter of fact, identifying that, that, again, those terms in verse 9, he says we ought to be living as foreigners and aliens in this world. In a world that's so sinful and, and, and steeped in, in corruption, remember God, in that verse 9, he says, God called us out of darkness. He called us out of sinfulness and, and to live in righteousness uh, of what our Savior lived, right? He, he died in order to be cleansed with his blood that we might uh, be righteous and now live righteous. So abstain from sinful desires. He does not say, stop sinning. He doesn't say, abstain from sin. He goes right to the root. Isn't that right? It, it begins with desires, right? Uh, it begins in that place in our mind that, that manufactures and draws ourselves towards the, the very action of sin. So abstain from sinful desires. Well, how does that work? Uh, I can express some of the things in my own life. You know, if, if you've got a pro- problem with lust, you've got to be careful with what you, you're entertained with. You've got you to be careful with what I choose to sit down and programs I watch on TV or movies I go to see. There are certain ones that I myself you know, I can't go see that. And the reason is because there could be a problem with sinfulness in, in watching such a, a program. Or, or if, if you've got a problem with, say, gossiping or being a busybody or, or something like that, technology could be a real crutch, right? Or not a crutch, but a, a real hindrance. Uh, the fact that, that uh, uh, perhaps I don't need to be on YouTube or Twitter or, or whatever newfangled thing they have now, so Instagram, uh, Perhaps that's a detriment. I could see that as a detriment or even a, a road to sin. I appreciate some folks that I've heard that, that have identified that and have, have stepped aside and say, I, you know, right now I, I'm seeing this controlling me instead of me controlling it. Therefore, I'm going to take some weeks, maybe some months, and, and get away from that. 
uh, I myself have, have taken YouTube off my phone. Because it was, it was, especially after the Chiefs won, I couldn't believe how much I was watching on my phone. And I had to just take it off. It was too much of a temptation to go and watch more and more and more. Are, are you with me? Those of you Chiefs fan couldn't see me anymore. But, but anyway, the, the truth is that maybe this in itself could be a detriment to, to really following. And, 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 and we're seeing it more of, of, of something that, that causes sinfulness in my life. You see, that's, that's that place where you have to identify, hey, God uh, wants us to abstain from sinful desires. He called us out of darkness into light. So that's where it begins. It begins in that place of abstaining from sinfulness. But then in verse 12, he also directs us in our conduct. It's not just about don't doing. It is about doing. <laughs> and in that verse, verse 12, he says, live such good lives. There you go. Live such good lives. Matter of fact, let me read that whole thing once again. Live such good lives among the pagans that, they, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Again, it sounds just like what Jesus said. You know, let your light so shine before uh, people that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Yeah, turn. We, we have that opportunity. We have that opportunity. This life. Live such good lives. And what does that look like? Matter of fact, if, if we continue to read through chapter, uh, the rest of chapter 2 and chapter th- 3, uh, Peter actually goes into some details. He begins in verse 13 saying, hey, listen, uh, you need to submit to the authorities. Uh, submit to the authorities uh, uh, every human authority, whether it's the emperor or the supreme authority, it goes on. And it talks about, hey, respecting or, or, or uh, submitting to the authority of the land. You now, that's a call for us, too. Live such good lives as a citizen. You know, that means where there are laws posted, live according to those laws, right? Live according to those laws. And with that guy with the lights, when he pulls you over... You submit to his authority. And, and you respectfully receive the ticket you so deserved. And if you, if you think you didn't deserve the ticket, I, th- I think it's okay to go exactly, and as, as the ticket says, you can take this before the judge. And if you go before the judge, it is to be done respectfully and, and with a good attitude. Right? Not, not ready to throw pitchforks and, and knives at the guy who pulled you over. And not to berate or, or undermine the authority of the judge. You just say, I think they might have got this wrong. And if they say, nope, you got to pay the ticket, do it with a smile. <laughs> Live such good lives. What's interesting in this is verse 16 comes along. And, and uh, listen to what he says. Live as free people. That's who we are. We know that here, right? Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Uh, we will continue. I mean, he is, he is Lord. And it is according to him that we're going to live our lives. To seek to be honoring to him. That's how we live such good lives. How about in the wor- workplace? Actually, in verse 18, we could even begin to identify, well, what about that workplace? Actually, Peter says slaves. Okay, any slaves this morning? 
Any, any Visa or MasterCards and, and, and bills coming in? Yeah, yeah, you're slaves. <laughs> that, that's what I think. Matter of fact, in the time of Jesus, that's kind of what, what slavery was. Uh, you, could, you could sell yourself in order for them to take care of a debt or, or to pay for something or, or, or just help you to survive. So you would sell yourselves. That slavery wasn't the forced kind of thing. It was, man, that, that was predominantly a lot of the slavery during that time. That's kind of what Visa and MasterCard. I know MasterCard, you thought it was master the possibility. No, you, you, it becomes your master until you get it all paid off, right? But anyway, we could also think about this in, in the, that idea of the workplace, about being an employee and what that should look like, or being an employer and what that should look like. Being an employee is to, to hold a place of respect and honor uh, for, for those who are over us. And, and to work in a way that's going to be pleasing to God. D- to do the kind of work that is going to be honoring of God. That's not cutting corners, but that's giving, giving forth the best that we can. I, I think that also means, and I love this part, when, you know, I work different places all throughout my life. I love the opportunity to support and encourage those who worked around me and, and to see that they were, were also successful in, in what they were doing. If I could help or if I could just give them encouraging words, that's the kind of employee I think, I think that would be living such good lives. That, that would match that. Uh, to, to be an employer you know, those of us here this morning that have those uh, who, who we work, you know, how, what kind of attitude, what kind of uh, uh, leadership are we portraying? It should reflect the God that you serve, leading such good lives in those areas. How about family member? Beginning of verse 3, it actually speaks towards wives and then to husband has instructions there. I encourage you to read these passages. The, the one specifically uh, to wives is to those wives who have husbands who are unbelievers. And, and it says conduct yourself in a way that is going to draw them, that's going to help them to know God by the way you act towards your husband. Loving them, respecting them. To the husbands, it says be considerate and, and live with your wives. Live such good lives within your families before your spouses. Husbands, I think it means one way you respect your wife is you're not flirting with other ladies. Ladies, you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it is to be honoring uh, of, of your wife even when she's not present. Man. Husbands and wives loving each other is, is what Paul laid out. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, wives, submit to your husbands as, as, like the church is, is to submit to Christ. Wow. There is laid out for us an identity throughout everything we do, whether it's citizen or, or it's, it's uh, uh, in the workplace or at home. Uh, we are to shine forth and be pleasing before God. Oh, there's, there's so many other places. Neighborhoods? Neighborhoods? Uh, are, are we getting acquainted with our neighbors in a way? And, and living with that rule that Jesus laid out, you know, treating them as we would like to be treated? You know, loving our neighbor? Boy, he said a lot about neighbors, didn't he? Loving our neighbor? Uh, reaching out to, to, to them? Linda and I did something for the first time this year. We, we actually, she made her poppy seed bread. 
and, and we went, went around to every house, knocked on the door, and, and introduced ourselves. We have, you know, kind of in and out some neighbors, so we got acquainted with some and got, got, uh, got to see some that we haven't seen very often. That's terrible in our neighborhood, but, but well, we had an opportunity just to give them a gift and, and, and have a little conversation with them this last Christmas. Finding opportunities to just live such good lives on, on God's behalf. Uh, also as a student, to, to live on, on God's behalf, you know, uh, to, to shine forth as a student, to do that in school, uh, to do it in the marketplace, you know, shine your light at Walmart, right? Sometimes there's frustrations that happen there, and, and uh, I, th- I think about also before waiters and waitresses who serve you. Uh, I, I've heard word of, of Matter of fact, this came from Linda. Some others were talking about, you know, what's really neat is maybe to go someplace and to overtip. Have you ever overtipped? You know, matter of fact, because of the conversation, it was Valentine's evening. We went to a local restaurant, and and we had we had a waitress that probably wasn't as attentive, but they were busy, and and it just re- reflected about how well she treated us. She was very pleasant and everything. So we gave, her tip amounted to about the price of our meal. And we thought, well, you know, we just give her a little extra, you know, just to be a blessing. Live such good lives. Why? And, and, and understand, it's just so we're not beaming around. But we're beaming for a reason. We're shining for a reason. It's to direct everyone's attention, not to me, but to the one who has, uh, who has created us. Right? And when I say created, it's not just put us together physically, but has made us a holy nation, a a, a royal priesthood, a possession belonging to God. That is our identity. That is our identity. So it's not just in in coming here Sunday morning and 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 and, and speaking or singing it and and praying it on a even on a daily basis, but it is taking it to the place that it is a part of everywhere we go, as a citizen, as as, as a uh, employer employee. It, it has everything to do about your family, and and how he's represented there, in your neighborhood, in your school, wherever you go. This is our opportunity in living for him. You shine through declaring God's praise, also through your conduct, abstaining from those sinful desires, living such good lives in order that he can be glorified. It is time for us to shine. How are we doing? That's the question. How are we doing? Are we shining? Uh, and, And there are days where we struggle but there are days that we have the, that opportunity before those who don't know Jesus to shine. Amen? Amen? Let's close. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for your word always. We thank you, Lord, for the presence of your spirit in our lives. That, Lord, we're just not hearing these words. But, Father, I pray that uh, even, even that opportunity to pick it up and read it again, to think about the words where it calls us to give you that praise. And, and what you've created in us draws us to that praise. And, and Lord, that, that we also have that responsibility to abstain from uh, sinful lives, sinful desires that work on us. Lord, we are to be uh, uh, people who are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. May it happen through your word and through your spirit. 
We pray, Father, that you will strengthen us to be your people in every day, in all our circumstances. Lord, there are definitely those difficulties that come upon us when we're frustrated or it's just those difficult days. Help us, Lord, even on those days to hit our knees and to, to declare your praises, to give you thanks through those difficulties. To know, Lord, that, that even on those days that it's dark and difficult, it's still our opportunity to shine on your behalf. You, Lord, deserve all our praise. You deserve all, all the glory. And we thank you for it this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite the team to come on forward for our invitation this morning. If you've never received Jesus as Savior, you know, this is an opportunity in the morning to, to, to come and, and just make that known, that you uh, desire to follow after him if you've never made that step. Uh, perhaps this morning uh, there's a need of repentance. I always, sometimes that just happens. It really hits on, on a Sunday morning. I encourage you not to just hold that within. and, and I, I do encourage you to find someone to, to, to pray with or to, to, to be real with. Just to say, man, I, I've been weak in this area, and, and I need your prayers. I'm repenting today. Uh, and it could be done with me. It could be to someone you're close with, just to, to receive that encouragement and that strength. Someone to come along and say, how are you doing? You know, and, and help guide you. Maybe there's some scriptures you ought to be reading to, to be strong again. We want you to be a people who are passionate for God. Bottom line. We want you to be a people who are going to live lives and it's going to be reflected in every single day. And we are here to help. We're here to strengthen and guide. And even correct when needed. All right? If you have need of that this morning, uh, now's the time to to either share that, uh, to have someone pray with you, uh, or, or to make that first time decision. Let's all stand as we sing this morning.